G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When Jesus is at home in your heart, you will be at home in the church. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie talks about inviting Jesus to set up residence in our hearts and how that changes our practice of praise and prayer. Something supernatural happens when we gather together in His name and we worship together and we feast on the Word of God together and yes, when we pray together. And the Scripture tells us that the Lord inhabits the praises of His people. This is the day when the lost are found. said that home is the place you grow up wanting to leave and when you grow old, wanting to go back. There's something special about home. On a new beginning, as we begin fixing our sights on the Christmas holiday, Pastor Greg Laurie brings us some interesting insight. We'll see how Jesus, whose birthday we celebrate, longs to make our hearts his home. But are our hearts a warm and inviting place where he can feel at home? We'll work on that today as we study Ephesians. You know, when Jesus walked this earth, you could technically say he was homeless. Jesus said, birds have nests and foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. But in heaven, he had the greatest of all homes. In John 14, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am you may be also. A better translation would be, in my Father's house are many rooms. My Father's house suggests something big, like an estate, spaciousness. But rooms suggest coziness, a private space. Bringing me to my first point in this message, Jesus left His home in heaven so you could have a home in heaven. Jesus left His home in heaven so you could have a home in heaven. You know, we've romanticized the Christmas story. We see what we call the Holy Family, Mary and Joseph, with the newborn Jesus. They each have a halo. Jesus has a little baby-sized halo. The animals are looking on in reverence, and it's bathed in blue light. It's a beautiful scene. But that's not the way it was. God sent His Son from the glory of heaven to be born in the most unsanitary conditions imaginable. God went from the glory of the throne to what is a feeding trough in a cave. We call it a manger. It was a barn where animals were. Straw was on the ground. The smell of urine would have been in the air. It was cold. It was damp. It was an unwelcoming place. 
And that to me does not diminish the Christmas story. In fact, it enhances the Christmas story to think of all that God left to come to us. What an amazing sacrifice it was. But He left His heavenly home so we could have a heavenly home. Point number two, Jesus left His home in heaven to make a home in our heart. Jesus left His home in heaven to make a home in our heart. Listen to this. He was born so we could be born again. Or as C.S. Lewis put it, the Son of God became a man that men might become sons of God. And here's the thing. When a person becomes a Christian, Jesus Christ literally takes residence in their heart. Colossians 1.27 says, this is the secret. Christ lives in you. And of course the off-quoted verse it's where Jesus says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. So when a person becomes a Christian, Christ literally takes residence in their life. So number one, Jesus left his home in heaven so you could have a home in heaven. Number two, Jesus left his home in heaven to make a home in your heart. And now my third and last point. When Jesus is at home in your heart, you will be at home in the church. When Jesus is at home in your heart, you will be at home in the church. You know, it's interesting in the Bible, the words home and church and or temple or synagogue or gathering are interchangeable words. Remember David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever in Psalm 23. Or literally, I have a home in the house of the Lord forever. And we read these words often about it being like a home. Jesus, when he was in the temple speaking with the elders there, said to Mary and Joseph, who had lost sight of him, did you not know that I would be in my Father's house? This is the house of the Lord. Church is home for the follower of Jesus Christ. And you're surrounded by the family of God. There are things that we do when we gather together with family. And one of those things is usually eat together, right? You have meals. And we do that at church. We have meals together, spiritual meals. We feast on the Word of God. Job 23, 12 says, I've treasured His words more than my daily food. The early church feasted on the Word of God. Acts uh, 2, 37 says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, the breaking of bread and of prayer. So we feast on God's Word together and healthy families spend time together. There's a word that is used in the New Testament that describes that special bond Christians have. It's the Greek word koinonia. It's not an easy word to translate. It's sometimes translated fellowship, partnership, communion, and it even implies serving together. But that's what happens. We gather together as believers. So church isn't just sitting in a pew and listening to a message and then getting out as quickly as possible, hopefully to beat the traffic. A church is more than that. Church is gathering to hear God's word, yes, but afterwards it's talking with one another. Not mere socializing, but having that koinonia, having that fellowship. And listen to this. God really likes it when we do that together. He loves it when we speak of His name because we read over in Malachi 3.16, those that feared the Lord spoke to each other and the Lord listened and heard them. See, when we speak of the Lord, 
He bends down and listens. That's what the phrase means. It means to prick the ear or to pay careful attention to something. So if you've ever been in a room and people are just talking, the din of noise, and someone uses your name, I'll say, Greg Laurie. Why do I hear that? I wasn't listening for that, but I hear it because it's my name. And the Lord hears us speaking and He hears His name spoken of and He tunes in and He bends down and He listens and He loves it when we talk about Him together. Another thing that we do together as followers of Jesus Christ is we worship together. And I bring this up because some people would say, well you know what, I don't need to go to church. I listen to podcasts of great preachers. I can hear the best preachers in America. A lot better than you too, Greg. And then I can download the latest worship song. That's awesome. Take advantage of those opportunities. I'm glad that's all out there. But having said that, nothing takes the place of hearing God's Word with other believers. And nothing takes the place of worshiping with other believers. Because God says, when two or more are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. And the Scripture tells us that the Lord inhabits the praises of His people. Something supernatural happens when we gather together in His name and we worship together and we feast on the Word of God together and yes, when we pray together. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California. Thanks for joining us today. He's continuing a message called Home for Christmas. A healthy family prays together. You know, you've heard the expression, the family that prays together stays together. You're thinking, that's probably not even true. Actually, it is true. (laughs) In fact, there's data that supports it. I read about a study that was done of husbands and wives that actually prayed together every day and it found that their divorce rate was at about 1%. That's pretty remarkable. And why should we pray together? Because Jesus said, Matthew 18, 19, I tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, My Father in heaven will do it for you. What a promise. He's telling us there is power in corporate prayer. So you come to church with a need, a problem, a health issue, a job issue, a crisis in your family, some other thing. And what a wonderful thing it is to say to your Christian friends, would you pray with me about this right now? Someone says, let's pray together. And you all just take that before the Lord. God hears our prayers and we pray together. Remember when Simon Peter was arrested, James had already been executed, so Peter's in jail. What did the church do? The Bible says in Acts 12, and the church prayed for him. A lot of prayer was offered to God for Peter by the church. So they said, let's pray about this. Let's keep praying about this. Let's pray together about this. And let's go to God's throne and bring this need to Him. And God heard their prayer and He answered their prayer. And I hope that you understand how important it is to make the church your home. But some people don't want to be in that home. They don't want to be with other believers. They'll say, you know, I love Jesus. I just don't love Christians. But listen, if you love the Lord, you will love His people. As I already said, if Jesus is at home in your heart, you will be at home with God's people. There's a bond that Christians have that is unlike any other. It's even closer than the blood bond that we have to actual physical relatives sometimes, isn't it? Uh, I recently sent in my DNA sample to find out what my, who my ancestors were. 
Uh, I've heard about this for years. And because I didn't know my biological father, I was curious. And I was hoping there might be something different than what I thought it would be. You know, maybe some Italian blood. <laughs> maybe some Jewish blood. You know, so, something different than just white, you know. <laughs> and it came back, you are 99 and 9 tenths percent English and Irish. Oh, brother. I could have looked in the mirror and figured that out. I, I used to hear my grandmother say, oh, we have American Indian in our family. I think it was Cherokee. And I'm down. yes, I want some American Indian. Nothing, just white. That's all. But you know, and then there was this option. It said, you want to find out who your relatives are living near you? I'm kind of thinking, I don't really want to, no. I have lots of relatives. They're called my brothers and sisters and they're in the church and that's my greatest family. You say, well, I, I don't, you know, really like to be around Christians that much. How can you say you love God who you can't see when you don't love His people who you can't see? You know, you want to get on my bad side, insult my wife. You and me have a problem. You want to get on God's bad side? Insult His bride. He loves His bride. He loves the church. He loves the family of God. And He wants us all to be a part of His family. Because if Jesus is at home in your heart, you will be at home in the church. So let's review and close. Number one, Jesus left His home in heaven so you could have a home in heaven. Number two, Jesus left His home in heaven to make a home in your heart and third and lastly, when Jesus is at home in your heart, you will be at home in the church. Let me close with something I said earlier. Jesus was born so we could be born again. He was born so we could be born again. You know, we talk a lot about that manger and what happened there, and so we should. But let's not forget the why. Why did Jesus come from heaven to earth? So you could have a relationship with Him. So He could take residence in your heart. Back to that scripture I quoted earlier, Revelation 3.20, where Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Now think about this for a moment. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart, your life. But imagine this as a glass door, which means He can see you and you can see Him. See, if somebody knocks on the door of your house and they can't see in, you might peek through a side window and say, don't answer it, I don't want to talk to them. And they'll eventually go away. But if it's a glass door and they make eye contact with you and you make eye contact with them, it's kind of awkward, right? So they know if you don't answer the door, it's a deliberate decision on your part We are saying, I don't want you to come in my house and I'm going to pretend as though you're not even there knocking. That's a picture. Jesus is knocking. He sees you and you see Him. So by not opening that door and asking Him in, you're effectively leaving it closed in His face. You're saying, go away. I don't want what you're selling. I'm not interested in what you have to say. Don't bother me. To not say yes is to say no. Jesus said, you're for me or against me. And I want to close by asking, is Christ living inside of you? You say, well, I think so. You think so? Do you think if some family just moved in your house in the middle of the night you would be aware of it? Because there's clothes laying everywhere and they're cooking fish in your kitchen? I don't know. Whatever it is, you would be aware if some other occupant was in your house, don't you think? 
And in the same way if God Almighty has taken residence in your heart, don't you think you'll know it? So let me turn that around. If you don't know it, if you're not certain of it, maybe He isn't there. Yes, He will come and live inside of you. As that Christmas hymn says, let every heart prepare Him room. Will you prepare room for Him right now? Will you ask Him to come into your life? He'll forgive you of your sin. And then you can know that when you die, you will go to heaven. But more than that, He'll give you the meaning and purpose in life you've been seeking. And you can begin this wonderful new relationship with Him. So in a moment we're going to pray and I'm going to extend an invitation for anyone here who has never asked Jesus to come into their life to say yes to Him, to open the door of their life. You might be really young today, but you've understood what I've said. You might be quite a bit older and you're thinking, well, it's too late for me. No, it isn't. God can still come into your life and Christ can still forgive you of your sin. The question is, will you ask Him to come in? Will you invite him into your life? You can do that right now as we all pray. Let's all bow our heads if you would please. Father, I pray that you will speak to every person here and every person wherever they may be by the power of your Holy Spirit and help them to see their need for Jesus and help them to believe in you now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer. You know, God does want you to know Him. And if you want to respond today to know the Lord personally, Pastor Greg would like to help you with that right now. As you've been listening to this today, maybe you've heard another voice. By that I mean, yeah, you heard me say a few things, but you heard God's voice speak to you deep in the recesses of your heart. And it suddenly dawned on you, this is what I need. Or to state it more accurately, this is who I need. I need Jesus, and I want Jesus. But maybe you don't know how to make that connection. Let me help you. Pray this after me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. And I am sorry for my sin. And I need your forgiveness right now. Would you come into my heart and my life as Savior as God, as friend, I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me and accepting me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I know that was a relatively short prayer. Maybe you felt something as you prayed it. Maybe you felt nothing. That doesn't really matter because God's word says, These things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. It doesn't say, so you may think you have it or you may hope you have it if God's in a good mood. No, that you can know it. And I want you to know, if you pray that prayer in a minute, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come into your life. So congratulations. You're now a Christian. Now continue to follow the Lord. Thanks, Pastor Greg. Well, if you made that decision today, we'd love to send you some follow-up materials to help you begin a new life of faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you call us on 1-800-005011. Well, on Monday, Pastor Greg continues our series of messages that prepare our hearts for Christmas. It's a study called The Nobody in the Middle of Nowhere. That's Monday on A New Beginning. 
for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Home for Christmas. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 